Two guys, two continents, two missionaries, one gospel. You're listening to the Truth Be Known podcast with your hosts, Nathaniel Jolly and Bill Issa. Okay, for you guys out there who are listening to our podcast and you're thinking about doing your own, uh, just real quick in 30 seconds, let me give you a heads up. If you haven't heard about Anchor, it is the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. In 30 seconds here, it's absolutely free. They have creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer, which is awesome. Anchor will also distribute your podcast for you, so it can be heard on Spotify, on Apple Podcasts, and many more. Also, you can make money from your podcast, which is exactly what I'm doing right now, in 30 seconds with no minimum listenership. It's an awesome place to do your podcast. It's everything you need all in one place. So download the free Anchor app, or you can go to anchor.fm to get started. Super easy. If you're thinking about doing a podcast, go check it out. So without further ado, we'll jump right into our content. Well, welcome back. I'm Nathaniel Jolly. I'm Bill Issa. Today, we're going to get into a topic that has been present all throughout the charismatic Pentecostal church, and that's this idea of being slain in the spirit. Now, if that sounds a bit strange to many of our listeners, you know, Bill, that would be because the practice is also strange to scripture itself. Um, You know, in, in other words, there really just isn't any example of what the charismatic Pentecostals would call being slain in the spirit. And there's really no standard definition for that, Bill, because I I have not heard of any standard definition. But to speak the truth in love, really, I don't know anything about that, really. I don't know what it means. I just, I don't know even the origin of that. People just started talking of slaying, slaying in the spirit or by the spirit. At least, okay, last week we talked of the, the, the tongue speaking or speaking in tongues. At least that one you can trace it somewhere in the, in, in the scriptures and then they twisted it or misinterpreted it. But this one now, our, our message for this week is, I don't know, I don't know, it's nowhere, brother. Yeah, and I, I mean, that's right. There really isn't a standard definition, but there is kind of an overarching definition. And basically, It includes some sort of esoteric loss of bodily control or erratic experience in which the person is, and they actually use this language, is possessed or overcome by the Holy Spirit, you know, oftentimes falling to the ground in some sort of religious ecstasy, oftentimes screaming, moaning, crying, or displaying other kind of erratic, uncontrollable behavior. What we're talking about here is form of Gnosticism, right? If you're not slain by the Spirit, then then you're not as holy. You're you, you just don't have the indwelling of the Holy Spirit, and that's kind of the idea behind this. Sure. And uh, it, yeah, sure. Go ahead, sure, brother. brother. I want us to yeah to come in a bit that uh, that really even uh, those years when I was uh, even before I became a pastor myself. When I was still a member of these charismatic movements, yeah, um, I could see people really being slain in the spirit. But I, I wanted to understand really where exactly in the scriptures 
that came from but really i was amazed unfortunately no one helped me to understand that brother yeah and and the reality is because it's just a made up experience i i mean we're going to go through <laughs> scripture verses that you know maybe some of the slightly more in intellectuals in the movement would go to although i think once we go to those scriptures and read them in context uh, you know our listeners are going to be like what in the world how, how do you get that from that verse uh because of that way but before we kind of get into that i thought maybe it'd be interesting if you and i just kind of share some experiences of of what we witnessed now i i you know we didn't actually get a lot of time to talk before we started recording this episode and so i'm actually curious to know brother did, did you ever experience uh or give into this slain in the spirit thing when you were in the pentecostal church Yeah brother to speak the truth <laughs> I didn't really personally I did not although I could uh, attend many uh healing crusades and at many other churches where they wanted us to to fall down and always many times they even push you they force you but me I always went backward is pushing me wants me to to go down but I I I walk down so, I mean I I walk backward So uh, the, the the truth is that I did not myself I did not experience that not even one day what about you brother I never uh gave into that and and you know I you and I have very similar personalities I think that the very moment someone pushes my head my attitude then becomes I will not fall down unless it is an act of God himself um sure So I I become very defiant when people are trying to make me do something. So mm-hmm. so never experienced that. But l- let me tell you just share some of the things I saw and maybe you can share some of the things you've seen because it, you know Bill I I find that a, a lot of believers are totally unaware of the of this kind of thing that goes on and you know we're not talking about something that just happens in a few charismatic Pentecostal churches. This thing is spread far and wide throughout the whole movement. Sure. And you know, I mean, I just things like I've seen guys who would get on their hands and knees and bark like a dog on the stage during a so-called worship service and blame that on the Holy Spirit. You know, guys uh rolling around just absolutely uncontrollably laughing or moaning or giggling or whatever you go into a service and you can't even walk around because there's 10 20 30 people and it, you're just looking at this and i i don't know for you even in the charismatic church i was always really uncomfortable with that yeah yes brother if uh, even me by the way um one of the things that really made me get fed up with the charismatic movement this is one of them because i could not trust it anywhere in the bible i trust it anywhere in the bible no one i was I, i'm a guy who asked many questions and i was asking those who knew more than myself but no one could really satisfy me and i was really feeling a bit uncomfortable the way i could see people really rolling down others even i mean moving like snakes on the ground others roaring like lions and i remember in our prayer group they used to call it the the spirit of a lion the spirit of, you know they say jesus is the lion of the, of the tribe of judah so whoever could fall down and start roaring like a lion from from down his throat 
we could believe that that one had more anointing because that one had the spirit of the, the lion of Judah so someone could just <clears throat> from down there so th- that really but i was feeling uncomfortable myself because it, it no one could show it to me from scripture remember what i told you in my uh, testimonial conversion that uh, immediately after coming from islam to christianity one thing that the spirit of christ put in, inside me was the thirst and hunger to go into scripture myself after learning how to read scripture myself but i could yeah. not find anything like that and that forced me to to start doubting whatever i could not see direct in the scriptures and so obviously as, as you just said i also saw people i mean jumping like monkeys others i mean walking like snakes on the grounds the, 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 uh, those having the the so-called spirit of the lion roaring from the ground and many other things brother yeah yeah I, you know i've never heard anyone roar like a lion so that's a new one for me um sure <laughs> but i can't say that it's surprising it, it, you know before we go much further i i think we need to make clear that you know a lot of the stuff is based on people's feelings and experiences and 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 we would both say to all of those people we need to go back to scripture because it's the word of god that's our authority not our opinions certainly not our feelings or experiences but the word of god and that's what we have to base these things on is the written word of god amen and uh it, you know we mentioned earlier about passages guys twist to kind of justify this sort of behavior there really aren't a whole lot in scripture that could lend itself even remotely to what happens today but, but there are a few commonly twisted scriptures and, and i want to kind of go through those believe it or not one of those scriptures is in the gospel of matthew chapter 17 and verse 6 and i just want to read through that for our listeners it says this of course this is the the transfiguration of christ right Uh let's back up a couple verses and start from verse 5. It says while he was still speaking, now that's Peter talking, a bright cloud overshadowed them and behold a voice out of the cloud said, "This is my beloved son with whom I am well pleased. Listen to him." When the disciples heard this, they fell face down to the ground and were terrified. Now, I I want to point out three major things from this passage. as far as it goes to using it as a proof text being slain in the spirit so guys will point to this passage and they'll say see the disciples were slain in the spirit well firstly there is zero evidence of the disciples being out of control rolling around on the ground writhing barking like dogs acting like a bunch of fools etc there's none of that in this passage right secondly The word for fell here where it says they fell face down it's actually the Greek word pipto which means to fall but it actually means to fall as under condemnation so literally the word used there means to fall at, to fall prostrate as under condemnation or as in a reverential falling so it had nothing to do with an uncontrollable experience and lastly you know the verse just in plain english itself makes it abundantly clear that they fell down being terrified now bill let me just ask you in all your years in the pentecostal church when you saw people supposedly being slain in the spirit 
did they seem terrified before God for before you? Was was that what I've, you got from it? I've never seen even one of them terrified, brother. Some some of them are do it while laughing, smiling. So I've really never seen not even a single person who shows the signs of of fear. No one has ever been terrified. In other words, what what they they are they are presenting before us as coming from scripture is they, they don't live it they don't practice it themselves yeah and and also, and also and also brother here um you know another another uh, they also call attention to revelation chapter 1 verse 10 up to 17 where john the apostle fell at the feet of jesus when he was in the spirit uh, on the lost day so they mm. say also he also fell on the feet of Christ, but also really, brother, when you read all that, just as you've just explained, you don't, they don't match, they don't come together at all, really. So the, the, the only, pro, the, 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 the whole problem is just misinterpretation of, of scripture, and that's, sola scriptura is a, a serious problem with them, and that's the, 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 the cause of all this, brother. Go ahead. Yeah, I, that's a great point. When you compare even just these couple examples to what we see in the modern day charismatic Pentecostal church, they aren't even in the ballpark of what we see in scripture. Um, and, uh, you know, talk about some things, talking about some things we've both seen. Let me just share this account with you. It really is just appalling. But, you know, in a small church close to where I live, maybe about 45 minutes from where I live, it's a church who they follow a lot of Bill Johnson's teaching in Redding, California, who's a word of faith preacher, big into signs, wonders, miracles. They, they had a lady in the church several years ago who was supposedly slain in the spirit. They did this big revival type meetings and people supposedly received prophecies and everyone speaking in tongues and all that kind of thing. Well, anyway, there's a lady in this church. She stayed face down on the floor for over an hour because she claimed that God told her that she couldn't get up. And then she claimed that God cleansed her by making her defecate herself. Ooh, I mean, ew, ew. I just don't even want to comment much more on that. But one thing is for certain, the Holy Spirit didn't have anything to do with her experience at all whatsoever. Yeah, so brother, uh, let me also share what, what I saw, although I did not go down myself, but I saw a lot really in our groups of prayer and what also a lady, this was also a lady, and we were in the same group with, uh, she was a mature lady, with our children, really grown up children, also part of the group, and uh, were praying, and these people, this guy started touching on them, and they, they were going down. And what annoyed me, brother, is the fact that this lady went down, and she, she, she was left naked in front of people there. Unfortunately, people had not prepared uh, any, any clothes or anything, and any, I mean, fabric to, to cover her up with. So she was just there naked. Well, the husband was also there, I remember. The husband, the children were there. Now, what a shame, brother, to see just your mother. Imagine to see your mother left naked which yeah. Holy Spirit can really be behind such, brother, to ridicule yeah. people like that, really. Mm. Yeah, so this is another experience I wanted to share with you, brother, of this, of, 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 meaning that I don't believe 
that the spirit of god can be leaving people naked in public and you want me to believe that god is working in you so this these are one of the things that the lord is started using to make me really get tired with this movement brother yeah now I, brother i'm sure uh, we both just shocked some of our listeners because people defecating themselves and people being left without clothing I, and I just want to say that, you know, if you're listening to us and you think that this is just a one-off kind of thing, it's not. Now, granted, I, I know my example is a little more extreme and I wouldn't say that that is common per se, but that same type of just out of the ballpark crazy stuff that gets attributed to the Holy Spirit is common. And so no Bible believing Christian can see these things and think to themselves the holy god of the universe is in this place that just can't happen sure sure so i prepared a couple audio clips or their video clips but we're going to use the audio for our listeners to hear so i'm going to play one of those but before i play it i just want us and our listeners to keep in mind from the passage we just read in matthew that their response was a reverent holy prostrating themselves before God who had just spoken audibly and I I want to go before we listen to this clip quickly to Galatians 5:22 and 23 now so that's this is the fruits of the spirit right if you want to claim that the holy spirit is involved in these things let's just go to what the fruits of the holy spirit really are so uh it says this but the fruit of the spirit is love joy peace patience kindness goodness faithfulness gentleness self-control we could just yes emphasize that one right there all right uh it goes on to say against such things there there is no law now i want to share this clip let me apologize it's about two minutes and it's painful it, it's painful brother um but let's get mm. keeping in mind the reverence we saw from matthew and and the fact that one of the fruits of the spirit is self-control so let, let's listen to this this is from morning star ministries this is the very church uh i was a part of brother on the east coast pastored by rick joiner mm. let's listen to this clip here okay tori's got something she's gonna release and when this releases it's gonna be like a starting gun for the ministry time so those of you who like ministry go ahead and stand up get in the middle section youth children those who've been touched by the fire prepare to minister yeah he's here he's here Two days ago, I saw Jesus opening himself up and walking in our midst. <laughs> Today, the phrase that keeps going in my mind and in my heart is that my deep goes out to his deep. My deep goes out to his deep. My deep goes out to your deep Jesus. My deep goes out to you. Sure. My deep goes out to his deep. <laughs> <laughs> 
Brother, let's just go to your thoughts. Brother, you know what? You know, you know, Africa, there is a lot of witchcraft. And I told you that uh, my family, my dad used to use a lot of witch doctors. He used to invite one to, into our house once every month. And he used to do things, brother, to speak the truth in love. This is exactly how I, I used to hear that guy was called Pili Pili. Pilipili, that's just a Swahili name that is not that, that that means just red paper. So that Pilipili brother, whenever it could it could come into our house, we we, we 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 used to push back all the chairs and tables and put mats down. We sit our, our the children, our mothers, because there were many, our dad, brother, to speak the truth. Whenever Pilipili started doing things, his incantations, I used to hear something like this, brother, to speak the truth. That's, I, I, I don't see any difference between this and witchcraft. Brother, you can continue from there. Let me apologize to our listeners. I, I know that's hard to listen to, and two minutes is long. Um, I, I just don't know how a, a truly regenerate believer can hear something like that and be comfortable in their soul. Uh, sure. It's an eerie, and, and you know, I, I don't know, I, I sent these clips to you, uh, I think, early this morning, my time, something like 12 or 1 a.m. or something, and I, I knew, I knew you were going to say that. I, I was sure that, that you, would, you would feel that way, and, you know, talking about Galatians, I think after you hear something like that, the best place to start in Galatians is near the beginning where Paul says, you foolish Galatians, who has bewitched you? Mm. Exactly. Um, and and someone you know needed to say this now i can say because that was at morningstar ministries in fort mill south carolina that kind of just weird strange eerie ghastly thing was not uncommon that kind of thing was relatively common um and mm. suspect it is today now that clip is some years old uh, but even when I was there, that kind of thing happened pretty regularly. If that didn't sound just straight up creepy and demonic, mm. I'd be concerned about someone's level of just general discernment. And now, if, you know, if our listeners could have seen the image, now that was on YouTube. It's two people having to hold up this lady who's almost in kind of a trance-like looking state uh, she goes mm -hmm. through whatever it was we heard, but clearly nothing holy or even remotely resembled self-control in that. She couldn't even stand up. And that's one of the fruits of the Spirit, right? Self-control. So sure. these people would have you believe really that the Spirit of God is disorderly. They would have you believe that there's God doesn't require any holiness and conduct. And really that there's no regulation in worship. So basically, 
the God that's displayed in these kind of things is just a God of anarchy, sensuality, emotionalism, and total and utter lack of self-control. That's not our God. That is not the God of the Bible. Mm -hmm. Thoughts, brother? Yeah, sure. Yeah, brother, you know, I, I used to ascribe two things behind the, the, these, these uh, strange uh, practices, namely um, uh, faking it. I know yeah, many people do fake. Just, just like the, speaking in tongues, many people do fake. But remember, I told you that here in Africa, when it comes to the speaking in tongues, some, a few other people don't fake, but they are just possessed by some powers. But he, he also, brother, yeah, I also I used to ascribe the faking and the demonic powers behind these practices. But recently, brother, I came to 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 discover a third one, a third reason why these people do things like this, brother. Now, namely, uh, I mean, I mean that, that is I've just discovered that um, some people use electric machine machines. To, uh, that delivers electric current on people during church service. In October two, 2007, the Uganda police arrested and inter interrogated a pastor at Entebbe Airport in Uganda here after he attempted to clear the machine at the airport. And the Daily Monitor, Monitor newspaper in Uganda of October 2007 reported that the machine can be worn like a, a corset on the body it also can generate up to 12 volts when the pastor touches his flock they fall down thinking he's using supernatural power the machine is placed on any part of the body and gives a pleasant electric shock to whoever touches you the waterproof electric machine is activated within 10 seconds and can emit sparks of, of static elect electricity between the user's fingers while in darkness. That machine using the body as a, a conductor of electricity transfers the current to the person in contact, but the one using the device remain unaffected. I, I've ever heard of something like this, brother? I, I mean, honestly, you, you know, we didn't talk much before this. I, I'm, no pun intended, I'm shocked. Why? <laughs> <I mean, laughs> I, I just, okay, we, you and I have talked about this before, but whatever people think about the, the, the prosperity gospel, the charismatic church here, when you go to Africa, it is like, again, no pun intended, amped up to, to the tension. Sure. I, I mean, if there was a contest between deception between the two, Africa would hands down win every time, I think. Yeah, that, that, that's very true, brother, because we, we know that these things are made in, in the U.S. They are made there, but when they are imported into Africa, they find here yeah, a fertile ground because of poverty and suffering. So and it becomes worse here. That's why sometimes we say that the charismatic uh, uh, movement in, in, in the West, in Western world, is, is somehow better compared to here. They, 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 they are made there then brought here and they find a fertile, fertile ground here and they do better here. So that's why yeah. you, you find we have, we have our versions of, the, of, of these practices that you, you might not see there. I wonder. Yeah, I have never heard of that here. And I think it would be harder to get away with that here. But 
um, you know, we still have the crazy slain in the spirit thing, regardless of what devices, you know, what means of manipulation people use. And I, I mean, you know, the point is this kind of thing makes a mockery of the Holy Spirit. It really does. Sure. It mocks the two gifts and, and empowerment and indwelling of the Holy Spirit. And, you know, in America, I would say that the majority of people who are giving themselves to this sort of thing, uh, I would say they know they're faking it in America. And and for those who are genuinely experiencing something, um, a loss of control, look, if you're genuinely experiencing a loss of control uh, and, and sounding like this lady we just heard, I'm inclined to just say that's truly something demonic i mean what we just heard i i don't say this a whole lot but i think that lady may have truly been demonically possessed i don't know how you can get to anything else other than that that whole ordeal was just i mean it sends chills up my spine just listening to it again yeah sure yeah you know i'm 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 much familiar with uh demon possessing people in africa so brother that is purely demonic yeah and, and you know that. let's go to a few more verses because you know as we talk about these examples our hope is that we can give people some apologetics some some scripture to go to if they have family or friends or if some scripture comes up they can say well actually that's not what that scripture means there are a couple more verses that, that we want to hit on that people would look to and say see they're slain in the spirit here. Now, an, another verse that a majority of these folks go to, or a lot of them, is is Daniel's vision, right? Mm. Now, here's the reality. When we talk about scripture verse, um, I, I think we can agree wholesale as a generalization, the charismatic Pentecostal church is not known for their due diligence in rightly dividing the word, right? That's right. Um, and even on myself, when I was in the Pentecostal church or in the charismatic church, I cherry picked verses to support my feelings or what I wanted them to say. You've experienced that same kind of thing. And so we know that's true. But Daniel, for the guys who try to use scripture, at least Daniel's vision in chapter 10, uh, which I want to read this, uh, is one that they use. Right. So it says this. Uh, this is Daniel chapter 10, five through nine. It says, lifted my eyes and looked, and behold, there was a certain man dressed in linen, whose waist was girded with a belt of pure gold of Euphus. His body was also like beryl. His face had the appearance of lightning. His eyes were like flaming torches. His arms and feet gleamed of polished bronze, and the sound of his words like the sound of a tumult. Now I, Daniel, alone saw the division. While the men who were with me did not see the vision, nevertheless, a great dread fell on them, and they ran away and hid themselves. So I was left alone and saw this great vision, yet no strength was left in me, for my natural color turned to a deathly pallor, and I retained no strength. But I heard the sound of his words, and as soon as I heard the sound of his words, I fell into a deep sleep on my face with my face to the ground. Now, brother, just some simple observations about this passage resolves this issue, right? I mean, let's make sure. it clear that anything happening today looks nothing like Daniel's experience. Sure, brother. What we just heard in that audio clip, you can't even compare it to this. So first off, 
Daniel had been fasting and mourning for three weeks prior to this event, right? So Daniel was already seeking the Lord because of a promise that he had read about and the time was right. And so he started fasting and praying in sackcloth and ashes. That almost never precedes what happens in the charismatic Pentecostal church. Mm. Daniel was a holy man. He was known to fear God. Now, when he had this vision, something else interesting happened, Bill, and, and you're aware of this. All of those who were with him, although they didn't see the vision, they were terrified to the point sure. and away and hid again i have never seen that in the charismatic pentecostal church i have never been in a service and i you and i both have probably been in hundreds of these services i've never mm. seen one where someone was supposedly slain in the spirit where everyone else the fear of god fell on and so they all ran and hid that has never happened not even once never it, the passage literally says that dread fell on them. And, and so, again, this is the biblical account. This isn't anything like the charismatic Pentecostal accounts that we see. There's no fear of God, right? Mm. None at all. Yeah, sure, brother. You know, um, when you talk of the fear of God, you know, as you just said, we, we saw hundreds of, of such things. And brother, to speak the truth. Many people after being slain, but because the, some say that down there, I, I have that lady that now I'm seeing Jesus, I know he's purifying me while down here. But look, brother, I saw them, many people after being slain in the spirit, the following day, in their normal sins, fornication, adultery, lies, brother, mm. theft. Mm. So they, they, the fear of God, as you just explained, is far, very, very far from them. Instead, they're just holy during that service there when they are being slain down by their spirit. But immediately after that, they go back to their normal life. So they dread the fear of God, brother. To speak the truth, the Lord is my witness. I've just experienced what is called the fear of God since I embraced biblical doctrines. Mm. I mean, the mm. Reformation. There, I did not really know what the fear of sin is that really I, I need to, to not to sin because I fear God. So mm -hmm. that, that thing called the dread or fear is very far from them. And therefore, that thing is not biblical. Yeah. And, you know, I, I mean, I don't even know what she was talking about. What does she mean? Jesus was opening himself up and his deep was crying out to her deep. That just sounds, I don't want anything to do with her deep and mixing with other deeps, it's just weird mm. and creepy. And, you know, you look at this stuff and what you see is a bunch of people running around like idiots, rolling around mm. the floor, barking like dogs, moaning, groaning. There's no way you can look at that behavior and say, wow, the fear of God is in this place. It's just, you just can't do that. No, sure. I mean, it's never God's will that we, we should be seeking spiritual experiences for the sake of experience. Instead, when I read the Bible, I find that God's will is that we seek Jesus Christ, brother. That we need to seek mm -hmm. Jesus Christ and Him crucified, you know. So if I, you, we go to like Philippians chapter 3, uh, if I, I get it from verse, um, Philippians 5, uh, chapter 3 from verse 8, the Bible says, Brother Paul has said, Yet indeed, I also count all things lost for the excellence of the knowledge of Christ Jesus, my Lord, 
for whom I have suffered the loss of all things and count them as rubbish that I may gain Christ and be found in him, not having my own righteousness, which is from the law, but that, that which is through faith in Christ, the righteousness which from God, which is good from God by faith, that I may know him and the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his suffering being conformed to his death if by any means i may attain to the resurrection from the dead so you see the what god wants us to do it's the will of god that we may know christ mm. and is is the power of his resurrection not just experiences because i'm barking like a dog because i'm doing this and people fear me in the area that um, i'm anointed i have too much anointing people need to know really what god wants from us as christians Hmm. It's to know Christ and the power of his resurrection, brother. Go ahead. Yeah. I mean, that's a good point. You know, uh, Scripture in multiple places makes similar statements about what the will of God for our lives are. And it, it's to be conformed to the image of Christ. It's to be holy. I mean, while we're just kind of a brief aside, while we're talking about seeking experiences, I want to bring out the fact that if experiences kept someone faithful, why did Israel have to get disciplined so often, right? Mm. So God miraculously, through Moses and the plague, set the people free. They were led by, you know, a cloud and a tunnel of fire. They walked across the sea on dry land miraculously, and yet they still grumbled against God. Mm -hmm. Miracles do not keep us faithful at all. So they don't really. Why are we seeking miracles, right? I mean, it, it's purely about having some kind of emotional experience. It's not that we believe they could keep us faithful, because if that were true, Israel would have been the most faithful group of people ever. But they literally just heard God speak audibly on the mountain, right? Mm. And you turn around, you know, just a short time after, and they're basically forcing Aaron to make a golden calf. They just, mm. God speak audibly, they were terrified. Mm. And, and Moses goes up on the mountain, he's gone for a little bit longer than they expected, a few weeks, and now they're like, hey, Aaron, make us a calf, make us a God, right? Not to mention, Aaron tried to cover it up by saying, well, just out pop this golden calf, Moses, as though it wasn't intentional. But just the point needs to be made that all throughout Scripture, it's been made evident that miracles, they don't keep us faithful, right? Praise God when they happen. We give glory to God when they happen. But miracles have never kept anyone in the body of Christ faithful. Nor will they ever so I just, you know, moving along back to our passage in Daniel, you know, Daniel fell on his face during the vision. And remember, it said, I fell into a deep sleep on my face with my face to the ground. So charismatics will say, see, Daniel fell on his face uncontrollably. Well, no kidding. He fell asleep. <laughs> uh, of course, his face landed in the dirt. He fell asleep in a prostrate position. If you did that, your face would also fall in the dirt. Exactly. I, some of this is just common sense, and it blows my mind how easily people manipulate these things to kind of support their passage. He was already prostrate. That was a self-controlled action. 
we don't have any indication that Daniel just lost all control. Now it says his strength left him, but he wasn't rolling around, barking, laughing, making grunting noises. He wasn't doing any of that. It's just not there, right? Mm. And furthermore, yeah, go ahead, brother. That, 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 that was that wasn't also a one of the postures when someone was in prayer. I think that was was one of the postures or positions when someone is praying. Remember, he was fasting. It's a reverential posture. And here's another thing that when Pentecostals, Charismatics try to use this verse, I mean, they just leave out the rest of it, right? They they take that verse. But in chapter 9, they leave out the fact that God's vision did multiple things. And one of them was he went from there and he called people to repentance. When is the last time you were in a Pentecostal service where this stuff was going on and it was all about repentance and turning from sin? Because I've never seen one of those services in the charismatic church ever. No, repentance, no, that is very far from the vocabulary. Yeah, but in chapter 9, right, it, it says this, We have sinned, committed iniquity, acted wickedly and rebelled, even turning aside from your commandments and ordinances. This just isn't something you see ever in the modern day so-called slain experience. Mm. So, you know, again, if, if scriptures are authority, right, and we adhere to sola scriptura, the scripture just isn't anything like what we see in modern day now i've got another clip for us now i i had three clips but to be honest i i couldn't make it through the third one myself it was just too much so i'm gonna i'm gonna play one more clip now this clip is only a minute and this is a lady named miranda nelson who describes herself as a prophetic revivalist now what does it mean i don't know it's just made up but whatever it is you know, she regularly preaches and teaches, which is a whole separate issue because that position is not for women. So that's unbiblical. But here's the clip. L listen to listen to this clip. Praise the Lord. Come on, God's good. Amen. Jesus. Woo. Oh, Lord, we just thank you. <laughs> okay, just put your hands out. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus, we just welcome you. <laughs> oh, Holy Spirit. God, just flood this place. <laughs> oh, Lord, fill every person in this place and watching online, Lord. Give them a good shellacking, whacking of the Holy Ghost. <laughs> fill uh, every one of us up, God, full of your glory, full of your presence, God, full of faith, Jesus. We love you, God. Oh. <laughs> yeah, I mean, give them a good shellacking, whacking of the Holy Ghost. What's that? You got me, brother. What it is is blasphemy. That's what it is. <laughs> I mean, how someone can listen to that and say, oh yeah, these people revere the living God. I, it, Not it, at all. I mean, so much for the fruit of the spirit of self-control, she could barely make it through a sentence. Mm. 
and when people hear us uh, speak against this uh, they say we are, we don't have the holy spirit we are dry reason why we are speaking all this it's okay we want to because brother the biggest sign of the holy spirit of the holy spirit in a person is to to, to fear god and not to go far away from sin not all these things really but, but for them you might continue with your sinful life so long as you you experience something like this then you are you are filled with the holy spirit yeah and i you know at this point look everything we've heard we've talked about when we go to scripture it it doesn't fit in at all right we see that in every case where someone fell before god they did so in fear and that's reverence they did so in reverence they weren't acting like they were drunk. Now, by the way, for those who don't know, what she was doing would be also referred to as being drunk in the spirit. Now, that description right there ought to cause red flags in any normal Bible-believing Christian, right? And we talked a little bit about this with, with the tongues conversation that we had. People will say, well, you know, re remember in the book of Acts, men thought they were drunk. I mean, that's just because they didn't speak the languages. They just thought they were babbling. But the men who were in that place from the different regions, they well understood because they were speaking each in their own language. Again, what this lady was doing doesn't fit in at all with scripture. It is exactly opposite of the fruits of the spirit. So try to tell me that this is of the Holy Spirit when it is in direct contradiction of what Scripture says is a fruit of the Spirit. You can't do it. You can't do it without reading that Galatian verse with a black Sharpie and highlighting it with a black magic marker. You have to do it that way uh, to convince yourself that that kind of thing is of the Holy Spirit. I mean, really blaming that kind of thing on the Holy Spirit is just making a mockery of Him. And, and for those of you who might be wondering if this is kind of a fringe experience, like if I just cherry picked, you know, one that took me all week or two weeks to find, it's not, right? This is the normal kind of thing that happens in these circles. Wouldn't you agree, Bill? Yeah, sure, brother. Very true, very true, brother. You know, another, another thing is like with this clip we just heard, I'll just say she should take the advice that uh, someone gave some time back of go home because she doesn't belong in the pulpit. Mm -hmm. That disobedience right there tells us that she's not in line with the Holy Spirit. We believe men or women are created equal before God, but we also believe that scripture gives us clearly defined places in the body of Christ. And preaching and teaching is you know the qualifications of an elder which is that position is limited to men so already at the very beginning she's overstepped her boundaries right yeah and they you know that why they're behaving like dogs and, and whatever it's because they don't want to to respect the scriptures right from these scriptures about women in ministry they just uh put them under their feet the reason why they're now barking like dogs yeah it, it's it's kind of insane behavior and again you know my greatest issue my biggest issue with all of this is that it it mocks the holy spirit right mm -hmm. when you mm -hmm. attribute that to the holy spirit no 
I mean, I, I don't know how much more irreverent you could possibly be. You're right, brother, because I know it's only because we are under the, the time of, of grace, but I know it will be very worse for them unless they repent. Mm. And, and, you know, that, that's, that's a good point. You know, we're doing, you know, this podcast coping that, you know, some will come to repentance through this. We're, we're, we're not making fun of these people. Um, no. We're candid. We're going to say the truth, and sometimes the truth hurts, but we're going to say it in love. And, and hope that they come to repentance. The reality is if if someone is listening to us and they're caught up in this, you, you are not honoring the Holy Spirit. You are, in fact, blaspheming God. You, you are right. mocking right. the Holy Spirit. And and if you, if you have just any ounce of reverence for God, you, you would stop what you're doing and go to the scriptures and and fall on your face and say, oh, God, forgive me. And, and he's, he's good to do that. You know, he, he's faithful to do that when we repent. Now, I, I want to go to one last verse, brother, that comes up a lot before we look at wrapping it, wrapping this up. Um, and that's Ezekiel 128. Now, there are a couple other verses, but these are kind of the ones that I saw the most. Um, it, and I want to I read this uh, from 128. It says, As the appearance of the rainbow in the clouds on a rainy day, so the appearance of the surrounding radiance, such was the appearance of the likeness of the glory of the Lord. And when I saw it, I fell on my face and heard a voice speaking. One thing that's more common in the charismatic church, I mean, it's more common than flies on a heap of dung, is isolating a passage from its context. I, yeah. Just everywhere. Mm. The context of this passage is Ezekiel being called as a prophet, right? That's the context. Mm. Ezekiel is being called as a prophet. He hears the voice of God and he reverently falls to his face. There it is again, that that reverence, that fear of God. He's not rolling around uncontrollable, laughing and making weird noises. He's, fall, he's fallen before a holy God in a reverential fear. And this just is totally opposite of, of what happens in the charismatic Pentecostal church. Now, here's the funny thing. Charismatic use this verse to kind of justify losing utter and total control of their bodies. But in the next verse, I mean the very next verse, God tells mm. Ezekiel this. He says, Son of man, stand on your feet that I may speak with you. <laughs> Imagine. In the, very, in the very next verse. It's common practice to leave the verses before and after out, right? Because sometimes if you just read a little bit more, it, it actually goes against the verse they've cherry-picked the, its meaning they've tried to insert. You know, they, they use that verse to say he, he lost control, but in the very next verse, God says, now stand up. It sounds yeah. like he had control to me, right? Yeah, um, yeah you had control. And, and again, you know, if we just examine what the prophet's message was, after he had that encounter with God, there wasn't any giggles. There was no shellackins and whackins of love. It was proclamations of judgment that he gave right after this, right? It was provisions for repentance and then prophecies of restoration. But the very next thing he did was proclaim judgment. He wasn't waving his hands and saying, God, give him a shellackin, whackin of love. No, no. It, it was judgment because the holy God of the universe requires us to approach him 
in a specific way. And we'll probably at some stage do a podcast just on what right worship looks like. So to use this verse for a proof text for rolling around on the ground and acting insane or inebriated and to blame that on the Holy Spirit, it's just blasphemous against God. It, it, it mocks the Holy Spirit. It twists the scriptures. And I, I would just like to remind people of, you know, the principled warning in Revelation. It says, if you add to or take away from this book, and he's talking about Revelation, but the principle applies to all of scripture, that your name will be removed from the book of life. That ought to be a scary passage. And yet, so much of the charismatic church just cherry picks a verse, rips it kicking and screaming out of context and uses it. And a lot of times it's they they use it to manipulate the people for money for power it, it's just totally unacceptable now any thoughts comments up to this stage brother on that yeah just to to appeal to our listeners that really um the source of all these problems is not valuing scripture because me one thing that the, the spirit of christ used to pull me from where they are to where i am now was just one thing to value scripture these, these friends need the, the principles of good hermeneutic or interpretation of scripture. Mm-hmm. Never to leave, I mean, never to underlook the context and all those things, scripture, interpret scripture. And if they could be going to church, biblical churches, and, and they, they, they are taught, they, they are taught about how to interpret scripture very well. Just by that, the Spirit of, of Christ is going to open their mind to say, oh, all this thing is not found, found there. So um, they should really um, pray to the Lord to forgive them and also to help them understand, study scripture and understand it the way it is, not the way they want mm-hmm. it to, to, to say. Yeah, so mm-hmm. that's what I wanted to add there. Thank you, brother. And, you know, it's interesting. I want to quote something by Charles Spurgeon. I know some guys may think mm. our, our words have been a little harsh, but again, you know, we're talking about how we approach the living God. It's not a casual conversation, right? It's something that is of the utmost seriousness. Even in the charismatic church, I know there's a lot of respect for guys like Charles Spurgeon, although I would argue that they clearly have never read much of Charles Spurgeon, believing the way they do. But, you know, j- just listen to this. This is Charles Spurgeon's take on this kind of activity. And I think it's sometimes it's necessary to use strong language because of just the severity of the implications of what's going on. But li- listen to this, brother. This is Charles Spurgeon, who is known as the Prince of Preachers, extremely loving, caring guy. He says this, take care never to impute the vain imaginings of your fancy to him being God. I have seen the Spirit of God shamefully dishonored by persons, I hope they were insane, who have said that they have had this and that revealed to them. There has not for some years passed over my head a single week in which I have not been pestered with the revelations of hypocrites or maniacs. Semi-lunatics are very fond of coming up with messages from the Lord to me, and it may save them some trouble if I tell them once and for all that I will have none of their stupid messages. When my Lord and Master has any message to me, he knows where I am and he will send it to me direct and not by madcaps. Of course, direct, he means script through the scriptures. Never, he goes on to say, never dream that events are revealed to you by heaven, or you may come to be like those idiots who dare impute their blatant follies 
to the Holy Spirit. If you feel your tongue to itch to talk nonsense, trace it to the devil, not the Spirit of God. Whatever is to be revealed by the Spirit to any of us is in the Word of God already. He adds nothing to the Bible and never will. Let persons who have revelations of this, that, and the other go to bed and wake up in their senses. This is how severe attributing these types of things to the Holy Spirit really are. And I, I don't think anyone has said it better than Charles Spurgeon. But I do hope that for those out there who have been engaging in this sort of thing, that you will repent. I hope that the severity of the implications of attributing just absolute utter nonsense and things that are lacking any kind of self-control to the Holy Spirit is weighing heavily on you in such a way that you repent from that because there certainly is forgiveness. And we would encourage you to get into a solid biblical a solid Bible-believing church. Now, if you don't know where to go to look for churches, we're going to put some links in the show notes to help you find churches in your area. We're all going to put. We're also going to put some links to some other teaching ministries that are solidly biblical. There are a lot of them out there. Paul Washer's ministry is a great place to go. Uh, Heart Cry Ministries, Justin Peters. Right. I think his website is justinpeters.org. In fact, Justin is one of the kindest guys I have ever met in my life. Fantastic place to go. You can go to Grace to You Ministries uh, with John MacArthur. It's uh, gty.org or .com. I'll find out. We'll put those in the show notes. Those are just a few of some healthy places you can go. Those guys also have links to healthy churches. Uh, you can go also to Founders Ministry. We'll put links to that. And you can look for churches that are associated with them. But get in a healthy, biblical church. A church that says we're not concerned with our feelings, our experiences. What we're concerned with is what Scripture teaches. What we're concerned with is sola scriptura, Scripture alone. And that is the standard that we're going for. So thanks for listening. And until next time, let the truth be known. The Truth Be Known podcast, hosted by Bill Issa and Nathaniel Jolly, is a theologically driven, gospel-centered program, serving the body of Christ by bringing biblical truth to bear on issues facing the church today. Subscribe to the Truth Be Known podcast by using the podcast app on your Apple or Android device, or listen online at anchor.fm forward slash truthbeknown.